Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 34. I've got to start with an apology. It appears that I've been keeping something from you all. You see, three weeks ago, on Sunday 5th of September 2021 to be exact, I did something that I have to this point at least totally forgotten to mention on this podcast. I ran my first ever marathon. It was a huge achievement for me and I literally can't believe I've not talked about it here yet. Running was something that I had done on and off in the past before and never successfully enjoyed, not even in the slightest. But last summer something clicked and I started to enjoy running. I've speculated here before that maybe it was in part a response to lockdown. Running was a space to get out of the same four walls. Doing it early was a way to enjoy that outdoor space away from others. Running is a great way to burn off stress hormones and release reward hormones. It also is great cardio and creates a little space to be less worried about the amount of food you can eat whilst bored and working from home. And let's not forget how important it can be to have a sense of control and purpose and achievement, particularly when other things in our lives feel out of control, lacking value and like they're going nowhere. Lockdown certainly felt like the latter, and running very much became the former. So just over a year after really getting running properly, running my first marathon in three hours and 35 minutes, no less, felt like a huge achievement. And it also feels like something, just one little positive thing to come out of such a difficult time. Such a personal achievement has gotten me thinking about the nature of success and what it takes for us to be able to move forward. It's gotten me thinking about the things I do well and the places I thrive and what, if anything, they have in common. I think at least one thing they share is the way I have made them my own. From running, to cooking, to music, to mindfulness and beyond, it feels like I only really start to fly when I have made these things my own. This marathon is a great example of that. You see, Sunday the 5th of September was Southampton Marathon Day. Thousands of runners in a big event, first time back after a year away. And I was offered a spot by a friend who could no longer do it. But I said no. And funnily, whilst I was out on my run that morning, away from the event, I ran past two lovely old ladies I see out regularly walking their dog. Aren't you at the marathon today? One of them asked me as I went past. No, 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 I said. I can't run that far, I replied to her as I kept moving. Turns out I was wrong, even if I didn't know it at the time. Because whilst I had it in my head that I wanted to do a marathon before my birthday on the 13th, I also had it in my head that I might try it on my birthday weekend with a route already planned for the job. 
But when I got out that morning, after getting going and getting about 10 kilometers or so into the run, I started to feel like I had a longer run in me. I started to see what would be needed to complete the full 42.2 kilometers. And I could, for the first time, imagine myself actually doing it and doing it right then. I've always taken quite a relaxed approach to my running training, if you can even call it training. I think part of why I've been able to make progress, which others tell me is outrageously fast, is that I often just go out and wait to feel what my body tells me is possible that day. The determination and the discipline is in getting out and getting moving. But once that happens, I just like to figure out what's in my legs for the day. And so it was very me that the first marathon I ran could be essentially called by accident. Could I have done it if I'd signed up for the event on that day? I I don't know. But I do know I just had to make it my own. I feel like making it our own is something that's so important for successfully integrating new things into our lives, seeing them take root and really make a difference. Like when it comes to food, to baking, to cooking, I love a good recipe book and cooking show and I greedily consume food content on YouTube on a daily basis. But I often find following recipes, especially for the first time, so frustrating. I love the ideas. I love introducing new flavors and new techniques. But I love them most when I don't have to think about them anymore and when they just become mine. There's a couple of brilliant Nigella recipes which I have managed to combine into one of my own favourites. Whilst they started as pasta sauces, I like to make them for stirring through veggies or veggie meatballs or occasionally pasta sometimes too. I do some variations, some with garlic, some with garlic and chilli, some with a little fried bacon, but whatever the flavour base, the secret is in the way you cut the cherry tomatoes. You see, you have to cut them across the equator not through the stem, across the equator. I believe that this is superior for fresh salad-based tomato eating too, but for making a sauce, it is the best way to get the cherry tomatoes to give up their sweet juice when they're in a frying pan with a lid clamped on, given the occasional shake. It's so far away from the first time following the step-by-step instructions of a specific Nigella recipe, but I think that's the magic. These ideas are now my own. The same goes for music. I was always a drummer and thought songwriting was just not for me, until one day I got a Korg Electribe sampler and suddenly realised that melody and harmony were available to me in a way that just made sense to my rhythmically focused brain. It is that experience of finding music which worked for me that motivates me at work to make sure young people, especially those who are facing challenges and other barriers in life, are able to find the way music works for them. The same goes when you take a mindfulness exercise from an app or a video or a book and start to bring it into your own life to the point where you don't need the external assistance And instead, it's something that is yours. It might be different from the guided version, but that's great because you're adapting it and making it work for you and the way you find your mind in that moment. 
And I think that's why making it our own is so important. Because we have to make things bend and flex and fit, depending on the way we are and the place we're in. And when we just follow a preset prescribed set of instructions, whether it's a training plan or a recipe or a progression route or a meditation, it doesn't know us. It doesn't know our past experiences, our history, our passions and our motivations. It doesn't know how we feel today or what we might need to thrive. So we have to integrate it in. And to integrate it in, we need to understand the new thing more deeply. We have to figure out why it is the way it is and then find ways to make it fit, to make it work and to make it our own. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at lifeaftervax.com. Until next time.